All right. Well, we continue our series called Church Hurt. I'll explain this individual in a second. Uh, but first, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He says something pretty interesting. He says, I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit. For if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I have grieved. That is why I wrote to you as I did, so that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So Paul, in some way, we don't have all the details, obviously, but Paul in some way has been discouraged or disrespected or just simply hurt by someone in that Corinthian church. And so he wanted to let the healing process begin before he showed up because he wanted his visit to be joyful, not full of drama. Anybody ever been there with church? Like, can we just have it? Just, can church just be fun, right? So Paul was there. He didn't want them to be hurt by his presence. He didn't want himself to be hurt by being with them. And then he says, listen, this individual that hurt me, that hurt you, he's hurting too. And so we need to step in and do something about this and go through that process. Guys, church hurt. We're talking about less than two decades after the Acts 2 passage that we talked about last week, where church was exactly as it was meant to be. In 12 to 15 years, church is hurting the first missionary ever. It's hurting the people in the church he planted. It's hurting the person who did the hurting. If you are experiencing church hurt in some way, you are in very biblical company which is a pretty wild thing to consider. Um, i, I got to imagine people are probably like, I never should have left Tif Timothy's church. He's young, but there was no drama. See, I said that in the first service, and nobody laughed, and nobody laughed at this one either. When I wrote that on my note card, I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but you guys don't even know. You don't even know. If I had said that at a seminary class, everyone would have laughed. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Timothy. Um, but here I am, doubling down on the stupid joke. So we're in this series called Church Hurt, and basically trying to accomplish a couple things, very simply. Number one, we want to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And if you missed last week, please go back and listen. Just kind of dove into what is the church? What's it supposed to be? What's maybe it not supposed to be? And, and what happens when the church fails to be what it's supposed to be, or sometimes goes beyond what it's supposed to be? And we want to just acknowledge that reality, that for whatever reason, people do experience hurt at church, in church, around church people. And then the second thing, and that's where today comes in, begin to kind of take some baby steps towards healing from that, right? Begin to trust again and love again and lean back into the body of Christ. And so with that, I want to introduce to you, maybe for the first time, depending on how long you've been around, Miss Leah DeBone. Leah is uh, uh, married to our next-gen pastor, Joe. DeBone. Yep, Joe has been up. Uh, and so, but she's not just up here um, to make me less nervous. She's up here for her to be nervous, which is fun. Um, but Leah is a licensed counselor. And Leah, I, I don't want to give too much of your resume away. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, kind of how did, what does that look like in your life? 
Hobby? No. Career? Yes. Training? All those different things. How, tell us about Leah DeBone when it comes to counseling and stuff. Sounds great. So I went to undergrad for pre-counseling and then went to MTS, uh, Moody Theological Seminary, for grad school for counseling. And there I worked at the counseling center and I worked a good amount with church hurt with students and adults. Um, and then now I moved here because of Joe, and I am now working at a private practice in downtown Plymouth. Nice. Very cool. And just so we kind of know your journey from uh, journey to downtown Plymouth with, with right. Joe, um, mm-hmm. where, where have you lived? Just There's always, you know, it's a small world. <laughs> where, where have you lived? Where did you grow up? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a hard question. I was born in Dallas, lived in the suburbs. By the way, it's not a hard question. I, well, if we that's moved a hard a question, we might as well wrap up this conversation because I'm about to ask you for counseling <laughs> advice in a second. We moved a lot, but we've been all the way to Green Bay, and I was in Chicago where I met Joe, and then we did long distance, and then he gave me no choice and said, you move here or... Oh, wow. Yeah. That's intense. So I moved here. <laughs> Way to go. And you guys met through friends, right? Yes, a blind He wasn't date. just passing through Chicago and <laughs> saw you on the, on the sidewalk mm-hmm. like, whoa! My, my friend, I was going to say my blind date, my friend um, volunteered for him and was like, you guys would be great. And she was right. She was. Yay, matchmakers, got to love them. Sometimes it pays off. Um, so <laughs> Leah is up here to offer uh, a bit of a, an outside professional, um, mm-hmm. dare I say, clinical uh, uh, expression of what we're talking about here with church hurt Um, because sometimes you need certainly there's a lot of emotions involved there's a lot of feelings and yet the great thing about a counselor is acknowledging those feelings feeling what we feel but then looking at it from maybe outside of those feelings so Leah's going to help us do that this morning so um, so you talked about some of the stuff you did at Moody's um, offices and now in downtown Plymouth is church hurt like it feels like something a pastor would make up for a cool series title and provocative, right? But is that something that actually comes up in the world of counseling when you're working with people? It does, yes. Church hurt comes in all different forms and all different types of spectrums. And so having to process that hurt and work through possibly self-esteem, judgment, and different maybe even legalism and how it's affecting them and the way that they do day-to-day life where those things very much affect. Yeah, so go go deeper into that then. What, what are the types of things that you come across as people are sharing their lives and experiences with you? What, what, like, what are the different ways that church hurt expresses itself? Okay, I thought I was going to sit, but... All right, whatever you got to do. I was going to try. I'll even leave either. if you need... If you just want to stand here and do <laughs> I, your thing, I'll I was I'll go really going to try, but I'm still shaky when you sit. <laughs> um, so before I go into church hurt, I just want to iterate that I am not up here to um, diminish or rationalize your hurt. Your hurt is valid, and when you are hurt by the church, that's a real thing. So I don't want this experience to be something that is more hurtful. And I want this to be a place um, to maybe identify your own experience and hopefully create restoration within church hurt. So with that being said, there are different types of church hurt. Like I said, it comes through a spectrum of things. So it could be person-to-person hurt, which could be 
like a clique at church or you're feeling a little bit of judgment, it's hard to enter in. It might be a little bit of a colder church where that could be person-to-person hurt, where there's also leadership-to-person. And that could be as something as like simple as someone forgetting your name and you're like, I've been here for two years. Guilty. I've probably offended some of you with that over the years. Yeah, but that can be hurtful as well if I've been here. But um, as well as going to leadership and asking for wisdom or about an issue with the family or with yourself. And it can be hurtful sometimes if they come with manipulation of scripture maybe create more shame instead of restoration in that meeting. So that can happen. And with all this being said about hurt, that does not mean they're wanting to hurt you. Sometimes like well-intended Christians create hurt. That's like... Yeah, it could be the right verse, but wrong time, right? I mean, yeah, totally. Sometimes when you sit there and listen before going to scripture and being like, here, know this, this will help. Where sometimes we just need to listen and just love on them. Um, another way of her is leadership to congregation. So this looks a little different. It's kind of like a bigger spectrum, but culture starts from the top to the bottom. So if up here, like when in teaching is a place of judgment, a place of legalism, that will naturally flow into the congregation. And that congregation as well can create unhealthy patterns of judgment, like legalism, which can go back to create person-to-person hurt. And then there's also church leadership to church leadership. So that's when like a splitting of a church can happen. Like there can be unhealthy work environments in the church. And so there is a lot of aspects to church hurt. But so, yeah. Basically like crappy manipulative boss kind of thing. Sadly, yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. Totally. Um, So, I mean... Clearly, a pretty wide variety of pain that people experience in a church setting. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to do something. I, I don't know if you're allowed to play devil's advocate in church, but I'm going to. Uh, so forgive me if I come across too defensive of the church. Yes. I'm obviously a pastor. It's my calling, my job, a hobby in some ways. Um, but these hurtful situations, is it always the church's fault? Can there be a, a failure on the individual side where they have unrealistic expectations, um, personal things that they bring to the table. Can it, I mean, is it always the church's fault, I guess is the question that I'm asking. Right. Just like in relationships, it's not always just a friend's fault or as we're talking about the bride of the church, you know, the church bride, just like in a marriage relationship, sometimes expectations aren't being met and that can create resentment. And just like what's beautiful about church in America is that you can find churches with all different styles. So you could go to a church that meets at a house. You can find it. You want to find a church that has more music. You can find it. And so sometimes we fixate maybe on those things that don't matter as much. And that can create hurt when those aren't needed with expectation. And so... So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have expectations, just mm-hmm. if those expectations get placed at the feet of someone who can't even meet those expectations. Right. Yeah. Like, our expectations, I think, when going into a church and looking at, is finding out the ones that are most important, like biblical teaching, like, which we'll talk later what to find. <laughs> but those things definitely... 
um, come into play. Yeah, and even, I mean, certainly there's the smaller things of mm -hmm. it's not the size I wanted or the style I wanted. It doesn't have the ministries I'm hoping for. You know, right. I thought that youth pastor would always be there, that kind of a thing. But even big stuff that people lay at the feet of the church, like how come you're not affiliated with this political party? How come, you know, people want many times a ministry to replace the parent's role as the spiritual leader and things like that. Um, so yeah, certainly, I mean, I'm glad that you're affirming of that because certainly churches do have their hand uh, in the process, but sometimes it's us bringing our right. stuff to the table as well. As well as like with expectation, needs are a thing and we are humans and we have needs. But I always say this and have to reiterate it all the time, but if we do not verbalize our needs, our needs will not be met. The church can't read our minds just like our friends can't read our minds. And so if we don't talk about that need not being met, that could be a seed of resentment. And so having to have those conversations of, okay, is this a a realistic need for the church to fill, or is this something that maybe I need to talk to family, friends of how to get that need met as well? Yeah, so that leads to my next question then. If it can go both ways, if it could be the church causing the hurt, or if it could be an individual bringing things to the table that's leading to hurt, how do I know? How, how do I know if I'm unhealthy and bringing that to church, or if the church is unhealthy and putting that on me? How do I, how do I, figure out that that difference and navigate that tension? That's a really good question. So I have experienced church hurt um, when I was younger. And um, which story? So I was driving. I had a big red car, a Jeep, and I went through a yellow light. Not illegal. And someone at church confronted my dad at church and kind of it was just a very uncomfortable situation for me and my dad to like navigate as well as I also held hands with someone downtown shut up and it wasn't show <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when I was younger and I also got you held hands with a boy <laughs> wow well we'll have and another conversation <laughs> after today and someone told my parents again and they were both churchgoers that told my parents and in that moment a lot of church hurt that happened for me was everyone's judging me and everyone is watching me and, um, and not in a loving way. Like if that man approached me about that yellow light, I'd have been like, oh, thank you. Like I'll maybe watch that next time. But the fact that it went around the circle and kind of created awkwardness um, was hard and hurtful. And so in that moment, I had a lot of church hurt of like who's judging me who's watching me, and in those moments, years later, I had a process, okay, this person, how do I say this? This person um, is not meaning to hurt me as well, but I also need to be able to see the difference in the aspect of... Um, so it kind of went both ways <laughs> then. There, no, you're fine. It, so it was a little bit, certainly initially on them, creating that situation for you, but then you going into future ministries and future churches, carrying that with you and having to navigate, right. okay, it started off being a church thing, but now yes. it's turning into a me thing. Mm -hmm. So then I'm sitting here because I got stuff and these guys got stuff. Exactly. And how do they know, how can they navigate like, 
all right, is this a church thing or is this now a me thing? Like, how, mm-hmm. how do I determine that difference? Right, and we have to ask ourselves those questions. Just like I blanked, but was trying to say is, with this experience, I had to ask my question, what's mine to own? And something that was mine to own is those two experiences, I assumed with everybody in the church. I assumed everyone was thinking the same way as these two people were. And so that was mine to own. And then the other thing for mine to own is, are these two people going to determine my experience at church? And where does forgiveness come in? Where does grace come in? And where does um, the meaning to hurt me? Like their, their intention wasn't to be like, oh, let's get her in trouble. Their meaning was probably like, oh, Maybe in a yellow light, she could have gotten hurt. She could have gotten hit where it could have come from like a very sweet place, but it didn't come off that way. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves and be like, what is mine to own? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, simply being willing to ask the question is healthy. Like, is this me? Is there something Mm -hmm. that I'm bringing to the table? And I think people from the outside, somebody on the outside of the situation offering a neutral perspective, someone that you trust to Mm -hmm. help you process the situation and your feelings and say, you know what, this sounds like maybe the church is an issue, or this sounds like maybe you're bringing something to the table too, so definitely. Always dialoguing is helpful because our brain goes 90 to nothing with thought processes, but when we verbalize to one another, it really slows down the process and helps us sometimes get to the root of where that hurt or where that frustration can lay. Yeah, totally. So uh, obviously, and you, you hit on this already, like within the American church, there's a lot of options. Places with different music style and dress style and teaching style and, you know, ministries and things like that. So other than the Acts 2 stuff that we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. the really big, like, the Bible says this is what the church is. There's worship and teaching and God stuff happening. For anyone who's looking for a new spot, exploring churches, maybe going off to college and trying to find a church, maybe work moved them, maybe... They had church hurt on the other side of town, and they're looking for a new spot to worship. What are some things that people should look for in a healthy church outside of those Acts 2 things? Yes, that's a really good thing to be aware of when entering a church is things that you want to be looking for. So transparency of a church is very beautiful. So being able to see the financial big plans they're wanting to make or big decisions and also with transparency seeing um the aspect why am i blanking so much (laughs) this is scaring me if you didn't tell them you were blanking they wouldn't know you're blanking you're doing great (laughs) okay but we need to have what is that called what accountability accountability is needed so finding accountability as long with the transparency (laughs) lord help me um (laughs) being accessible to leadership like if you need to talk to one of the pastors of the church that they are able to accommodate that you're able to meet with them and have those needs met as well as biblical leadership so are what they saying is biblical is it backed up by the bible because sometimes they're going to use verses but those verses can be manipulative for their own agenda can be mismanaged which is really hard because This is what the church is built on, is truth of the Bible. And when that is twisted and manipulated, that can be um, really hurtful and create a lot of inside shame, brokenness, and different things can come from that. So checking on for the biblical leadership as well as seeing mission statement. What's the mission statement of your church? And does it correlate with what's being spoken up here? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, really like any other relationship, does, does the outside match the inside? Do the words mm -hmm. match the actions? All those different types of things. No, that's, that's really good. Um, if this is blanking, you must be like unbelievable <laughs> when you're on top of your game or something. I don't know. Must be. You're, you're giving us some solid stuff for sure. So, so then how about, um, this is a question we're going to gloss over a little bit uh, because we're going to spend a bunch of time on it next week. How do I handle tension and conflict that I'm experiencing now or even that I might experience in the future within the church context? So next week, we're going to spend time in Matthew 18. There's a very important passage in that book that talks about how to handle conflict and tension. And really, it applies anywhere in life, but specifically within the church. And Jesus himself gives us steps to take when we're, we're experiencing some of that tension. But I want to read the next few verses of that 2 Corinthians passage, because Paul says something really interesting, a couple interesting things in 2 Corinthians 2. He says, so I urge you now. So he's talked about the hurt, the pain he's experienced, the church experienced, the guy who did the hurting. I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. That's the guy who did the hurting. I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When, not if, when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. So there's... Whatever the steps, he's saying there's always love, there's always forgiveness. The goal is restoration. And we'll get into that in more detail next Sunday morning. Make sure you check back in uh, for that passage on Matthew 18 when it comes to handling that tension. Uh, but Leah, back to you. When it comes to, let's just get real practical, because there are people in this room, you have yes. said yourself, I've had it, you know, like, who have been hurt by the church, capital C, by a church, little mm -hmm. c, by people at church, by leaders, by whoever, right? right. We've, we've all experienced it. So how do we begin to heal from that? Like what are, what are some things that we can do so that we can begin to trust a church again, begin to heal, begin to re-engage with the body of Christ in the way that, that God wants us to? What are, what are some things that we can do? Definitely. So with church hurt, like we said, there's a spectrum. And so if you have experienced emotional abuse, physical abuse, or even sexual abuse within the church, that is something that definitely go, go to a counselor and process those things because those are very deep-rooted hurts. And those are hurts that um, we can do, but it's so much more helpful to do it with someone, to be alongside of us. Because even coming through the doors and going through that, a lot of emotion can hit. And so I definitely um, suggest going to go see someone for that. Well, and even, um, and I don't think we mentioned this in the first service, mm -hmm. sometimes those things, as they grow to that point of being wounds, it doesn't always necessarily keep us away from the next spot, but it makes us even more vulnerable mm -hmm. at the next spot. Because exactly. it becomes kind of an expectation, like, this is how it is, you know, right. so, yeah. And our hurts can sometimes get bes between us and the Lord, you know, of when someone hurts you, sometimes we can put that of, like, oh, that's how the Lord is. Like, they're just exemplifying who he is. And we sometimes have to go to counseling and be like, no, that is not God. That is just sadly sin or a mistake. And we need to sometimes reframe our view also with church hurt of who God really is. Because this place where we are, like, he created fellowship. He let us be together and to worship him. And so, sadly, church hurt happens in that just like sin happens everywhere. But um, 
being able to be restored and trust again is something that creates this place to be so much stronger. To even identify these things, there cannot be change unless things are identified. And so being able to see that for you and grow in that relationship with the Lord and also regain with the church, but recognizing the hurt, seeing the hurt, and being able to identify it is huge. That's like the biggest thing is knowing. But also, um, take it to God. Journal to him. Talk to him. Speak to him. Um, be able to kind of process, like, this isn't you, but who, who are you? And what do I need to hold on for hope during this season of trying to figure out kind of your bride? Um, evaluate and change, like, Evaluate and identify your expectations and see if there's any places where your expectations maybe are unfair or even do you feel expectations from the church and identify those. Were those put on me or did I put those on me? Because we do live on an umbrella of image and we all want to show image. And that's sometimes how church hurt comes is because we want our image to look good and we want to hide it. And sometimes we do hide church hurt People do. That's why church hurt is a thing. It's because we want to hide it. And so um, being able to, like, identify it, talk to God about it, and remember that no one, no one has it right. We, the church is man-managed. And so there is going to be sin. So finding that place of grace and boundaries with grace as well during that time of identifying the hurt and being willing to um, have difficult conversations. Just because they're difficult does not mean they're going to be conflict. Difficult can just be having a hard conversation. Just like that man, if you wanted to have that conversation with me, would it be uncomfortable? Yeah. Would it have been really bad? No, it probably would have been healing. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. And really, that's, I think that's so important because that's countercultural, right? In, yes. in our society, no one wants to have the difficult conversation in a healthy way. So what better way for the church to reveal itself as being something different mm-hmm. than to be willing to have the tough conversation in love in a healthy way with, with the best outcomes in mind, for sure. Right, and when entering those conversations like soup, you do not eat soup or drink soup right when you take it off the burner when it's super hot and steaming. No, you let it cool. That's kind of how we need to be also when entering those conversations. Sometimes we need to take a step away, maybe drop an ice cube and just like chill out for a second and then re-enter the conversation. Because when we are brought back and calmed, that becomes a, a bigger space for us to decline, but Christ to incline. We're letting our emotions kind of calm down and letting the Lord... Lord, just show me. I need to have this conversation. Calm my heart and bring, and let me go in level-headed and not just blazing a fire. Yeah. And um, also with kind of restoring is having those conversations with people who are trustworthy and biblically sound to maybe have those conversations of hurt. And then um, take a step back into faith. Um, God's desire for you is not to get hurt and to trust him, and when going into a church, look for the things that we kind of spoke about to go in and be like, okay, I'm looking for these things for a healthy church so that I I can trust back into a church because at some point, you know, um, there needs to be forgiveness and healing, and that can be a long process too, and that's okay. Everything takes time, but knowing that it's okay that it takes time. Yeah, no, that's really good. 
Um, just a few miscellaneous, miscellaneous things to go along with that. First, pray for your churches, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's likely that you have connections with maybe not just Fieldstone, but maybe your parents go to a church. Maybe you have grown children and they go to a different church. Pray for your churches um, because as, as Paul alludes to, Satan wants to destroy churches. He wants to destroy Fieldstone. And so uh, sometimes those conflicts that could be small, that, mm-hmm. that maybe could be resolved, he wants to turn those into a really big deal uh, in order to get to us. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Um, and Christians, really, in many ways, just be aware of yourself, right? Sometimes it's the right verse at the wrong time, right? You just didn't read the room. It's, it's, and it's self-awareness. And this isn't to make you feel guilty about saying things or doing things. It's simply to draw your attention to the fact that we've been entrusted with a very powerful, beautiful thing in the church, and we need to do what we can um, to guard that trust. And, um, and as Leah said, if you've been abused in any way, do not hide your hurt. That is not a step towards healing. And so if you need to talk to a professional counselor, please do so. Um, if you're not clear on that step, you can talk to a trusted Christian leader for some wise counsel. I know Leah and then uh, Miriam, who is Miriam Champagne, who's one of our worship leaders. Um, she's a licensed counselor as well. And so they're going to be available up here by the stage after service. Just if you want to pick their brain, if you have a scenario you want to throw at them, if you're not sure what it looks like to get into uh, a professional counseling environment, you can ask them about that. Now, I will throw out in the world of counseling, there are ethical and sometimes even legal things that would say, all right, if you're Leah's buddy from church, she can't be your counselor, right? So this isn't like come to them and be like, hey, can we meet Thursday at 1 o'clock? You know, that, uh, they're available as our sisters in Christ who are trained and, and have experience with this. So feel free to throw some things at them, but just wanted to give that caveat of, you know, um, it's not an audition for, you know, your, your ongoing counseling needs necessarily. Uh, but I do want to give you a resource to check out if you're walking this type of a road currently. It's called Healing Your Church Hurt, Healing Your Church Hurt, which is a book by Stephen Mansfield. He's got a lot of really good stuff out there, uh, but that's a book to check out if you're kind of navigating some of these things that we've been talking about. But um, just a couple reminders, like the, the hurt that we experience in all areas of life is real at home, at work, at school, at church. It, it's real feelings, real things that we go through, and you just need to know you're in good company if you have those feelings. You are in biblical company if you are experiencing church hurt in some way. And just to remind you of something we said last week, we can see the beauty of that relationship between Jesus and his church through the highs of the local church and through the lows of the local church. We see how he works in our brokenness, how he restores, how he shows grace and love and forgiveness and, and um, all those amazing things. And so we'll, we'll continue next week. As I said, we'll hit Matthew 18 and, and just continue talking about how really when it comes to it, our responsibility as a church and as individuals is to simply live out the beautiful aspects of the body of Christ to the best of our ability. That's all we've been asked to do. And so hopefully this conversation helped. Can we give Leah a round of applause? She hates so being up here. I'm sorry. Um, Definitely, uh, obviously, Joe and I get time up here, and, and Brian and Miriam and others, and um, wanted to let you guys see how smart and talented Leah is as well. And, as I blanked and, out. Uh, <laughs> what, what she brings to the table around here. Certainly a uh, wonderfully talented individual, and, and uh, I'm glad Joe married you just so you could be at our church. And in oh, fact, thanks. if you made me choose between the two of you, I would choose you. <laughs> so you. you can take that with you this afternoon. Um, and Joe... Uh, 
Sorry, dude. It's true. Uh, anyways, let me, let me pray for you guys. As I said, these guys will be available up here to chat after church if you need. Um, and I'm going to go find a place to repent and um, be restored from my horrible meanness to Joe. But uh, is what it is. <laughs> Let's pray. Uh, God, thank you uh, for this chance to be together as a church family. Just, uh, just a great place to be. I know even personally just the joy and encouragement that I get from being around these families and these individuals. And um, God, thanks for the wisdom that you give us so freely. You say in James that if, if we need wisdom to simply ask for it, and, and that's what we're doing as we navigate certainly all the, the ups and downs of life, but especially here in the world of church where we come for teaching, we come to be uplifted, we come to experience joy, and we come to worship, but so often our human side gets in the way. And so God, thanks for grace there. Thanks for doing big things, even through broken people. And we ask that that would continue. And as as we navigate this on an individual level, um, God, uh, heal us in the way that we each need it. Help us to look to you as the only source of uh, truth and uh, things that are trustworthy. God, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a great afternoon.